0: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 21st of November. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. Deliveroo has come to an end in Australia. Champagne is running out of champagne. And young people are going into debt from spending too much on dating. There's a thread that joins all of these stories together, I promise. And later in the deep dive, Maddie and Sophie from Your Own Good Company will join me to unravel them. But first Zara, what's
1: making headlines this morning? Twitter's future is uncertain after new owner and now CEO Elon Musk locked staff out of offices temporarily last week, and that was, of course, amid mass resignations. A message to staff posted by Musk on Friday said that offices would open later today. Musk had called on employees to sign up for, quote, long hours at high intensity or depart the company.
0: The Medibank hackers have released a new batch of stolen information on the dark web. Almost 1500 health records were published in the dump on Sunday morning, with the company's CEO David Koskar saying they are in the process of contacting the affected people and they've hired 300 more customer service personnel. The AFP said their investigation is continuing.
1: The 2022 FIFA World Cup has officially kicked off with Qatar and Ecuador facing off in the first game just a few hours ago. Australia's first game is against France at 6am on Wednesday morning. The World Cup final will take place on the 18th of December with at least three games a day coming to your TVs until the 2nd of December.
0: And today's good news, scientists have photographed the black-naped peasant pigeon for the first time in 140 years in Papua New Guinea. Last spotted in 1882, the bird was thought to be extinct, but was spotted as part of a long-term conservation project in the area. The co-leader of the expedition team, Jason Gregg, said it felt like finding a unicorn. I'm joined this morning by Maddie and Sophie from Your In Good Company. It's their role to explain some of the more interesting and weird stories in finance and the ones that really affect us and intersect our daily life. And there is no more hard hitting finance story than the fact that we now have one less food delivery option. Maddie, tell me about Deliveroo in the last seven days.
2: Yeah, so Deliveroo has just announced that it is shutting down operations in Australia, and that is effective immediately. It, it comes after being one of the first online delivery companies to start up shop in Australia all the way back in 2015. It announced the news via email to customers saying that it was a difficult decision, but the company faced challenging economic decisions. The statement read that in Australia, we have concluded that achieving a sustainable position of leadership in the market is not possible without a disproportionate level of investment, which would have a highly uncertain return.
0: So give me like a real world translation of what that statement says. Is that basically saying we couldn't win, so we're quitting?
2: That's exactly right. There's no doubt that the market is really heating up in Australia and it's become very crowded, not just in Australia, but around the world. And Deliveroo had dropped to around fourth in the popularity contest here. The decision is set to impact around 15,000 people who rely on the company for income, that being their riders, as well as 12,000 partner restaurants that rely on it for delivery every day. The company's 120 staff also terminated upon the announcement last Wednesday.
0: And Maddie, does this kind of announcement come out of the blue, not just to us, but to everyone? Or is there someone somewhere in some room in Deliveroo who kind of knew this was coming?
2: Look, there's no doubt that internally the Deliveroo team would have been working behind the scenes to, I guess, try and do everything that they can to keep their company afloat. But Unfortunately, these things do happen and it certainly does seem to have come out of the blue for us.
0: And what happens now with Deliveroo?
2: Yeah, so the company has been put into what is called voluntary administration and this is when an insolvent company, which just means that they're unable to pay their debts, is placed in the hands of an independent person who can assess all the options available for the company and generate the best outcome for its business owners and for its creditors, remembering that Deliveroo is actually publicly listed So there will be shareholders affected by this. In doing so, the voluntary administrator will try and determine the best solutions possible for the company's problems, assess any proposals put forward for the company's future, perhaps a new owner, maybe it's not the end of delivery just yet, and they'll assess any proposals put forward for the company's future. So there still is the chance that there could be a new owner. So it might not be the end of delivery just yet.
0: Maybe the Daily Oz can purchase it and it can be the Daily Deliveroo. <laughs>
2: could I think could happen. I think what I'm finding super interesting while watching this play out is there was, you might remember there was a lot of media attention that food delivery companies garnered last year around the treatment of employees and their relationship, you know, the fact that employees weren't entitled to the usual employee benefits because they were a casual or contractor workforce. So administrators will review what entitlement staff are owed, but The 15,000 riders, it is believed, will need to actually get in contact with the administrators to claim any outstanding money that they could be owed, and there isn't any guarantee that they will be able to get that money back.
0: Sophie, do you think anything to do with our post-COVID lifestyle has impacted this?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think people are eating out more and they want to go out and experience, you know, real life. We no longer want to be sitting in our rooms and ordering dinner So we're definitely shying away from, I guess, the eating in space. And I also think that consumers are really aware that, for a lot of local restaurants, when you are using those kind of apps, they're kind of taking away from the people behind the scenes, from the people that are making the food. So I know personally, for me, when I go to order food, I'm no longer doing it through the DoorDash, Deliveroo, Uber Eats app. I'm actually walking down the street and going getting the food. So I think. The post-COVID world is definitely turning us back to, you know, giving to locals and actually going out and experiencing dining.
0: And we're treating ourselves more, right? Like we're spending more on luxury items.
3: Yes, we are spending more on luxury items. And it's actually insane. There's been a lot of stats recently about how consumer spending has gone up a lot, which is somewhat surprising considering that you know we're in this environment of high inflation and high interest rates but we haven't stopped spending and one of the luxury items that has actually become highly in demand is champagne and i read a headline the other day which i was a bit worried about was that champagne is running out of champagne
0: what do you mean no more bubbly <laughs>
3: No more bubbly for Christmas. No, it might be actually hard to find champagne this year for your New Year's celebration. And this is kind of happening for a couple of reasons. There's definitely a pull and a push side, so supply and demand. I think if you look on the supply side, um, there was a period during COVID where people were spending less because of volatility and uncertainty. And because of that, there were strict limitations that were put on the champagne region, and they were going to produce 25% less So on the supply side, what's kind of happened is over COVID, people had a lot less money to spend so they weren't spending on their luxury items. And because of that, there's actually a trade group, a champagne trade group, and they set production limits at 25% less than their normal production. And what's interesting about that is that champagne has this kind of like 15 month runway where it takes to like dry out and become champagne. So we're seeing supply issues now because of what was happening in 2020. And on the other side to that as well is that We're seeing climate change affect the Champagne region. So according to the CIBC, which is the people that run the Champagne trade, frost took out about 30% of the region's 2021 crops, mildew destroyed another 25%, and hail damaged over 1,200 acres of vineyards. So we are seeing brands like Moet, Chandon, Dom Perignon and Verve being sold out in many markets.
0: It's really interesting to hear that there's this convergence of factors between what's happening to our natural environment, the changing consumer behavior out of COVID. And in some ways, I think actually the shortage of champagne is a little bit related to the same factors that influence the shutdown of Deliveroo. We've got a post-COVID landscape that businesses just aren't used to. Are we seeing this in other areas of the luxury market?
3: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that in this period, luxury markets have actually done really well. And I think one of the really interesting things is I looked up the other day, there's um, this index, which kind of tracks like luxury wines and luxury brands. And over the past five years, that's actually spiked by 50%. So when you look at, you know, your average kind of company year on year, it's up maybe the 10% mark, but this kind of area does really well. And It's kind of a myriad of factors. I did say before that over COVID people were spending less maybe on the kind of champagne area, but people are still drinking alcohol. They're still consuming that and they find ways to consume that. And then now there's a myriad of factors that are occurring, you know, with lockdowns ending and people wanting to celebrate the little bits of life that they are spending on those luxury goods because they haven't had it for so long.
0: We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I think there's probably a direct line you can draw between more luxury goods being purchased and enjoyed and people quitting their jobs more and kind of seizing the day a little bit more. It's a fascinating economic pattern. Maddie, what are you watching in the week ahead?
2: I have my eye on Bumble, the online dating app where women make the first move. They announced disappointing fourth quarter guidance as inflation is affecting renewal rates on the app. Some really interesting stats that came along with that. A Lending Tree survey from September showed that a massive 22% of millennials and 19% of Gen Zers have gone into debt from what they've spent on dating. And overall, survey respondents said that they spent an average of $91 on a night out. So it turns out that JLo may have been wrong when she said that love don't cost a thing, and people <laughs> seem to be going for. Quality over quantity, and maybe cutting their Bumble subscription,
3: or
0: spending it on champagne. Um, <laughs> Sophie, what are you kind of noticing?
3: I'm definitely going to be watching the startup space in you know the next couple of months. Everything that Maddie spoke about today with Deliveroo, I think it's going to have a big impact on all those companies that are you know starting to really grow. Potentially have a lot of debt, so I think it's just a general space that I'm going to be watching.
0: We also saw some redundancies this week in big tech. We saw, obviously, Twitter has cut a lot of their staff here in Australia and so now has Meta. And I think across the Deliveroo, big tech um, spaces, whenever I read these stories, I really try and think about the people whose jobs have been lost and whose lives have been disrupted and you know whether they can pay rent and, and look after their families. I think at the bottom of economics is, is human beings. Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you enjoyed this podcast, send it to a friend, especially one on a dating app or one who likes champagne. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.